back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with the taste of other pop culture. I'm Vicky. I'm Doug. And I'm Katie. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about another book, a book club pick of the month, kind of, but sort of our second book of the month. <laughs> we were sort of figuring out what our release schedule was going to be. So here's the update. Here's what's going to happen. We'll release two episodes a month, and one of those episodes every month will be a book club episode. We recorded a couple episodes before this announcement, so in the month of September, you're getting two book club episodes. <laughs> Bonus book. We're excited about it because we like books, so <laughs> that'll be the, the schedule moving forward. Um, but this second book club pick of the month is My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkan Braithwaite. Most of our discussion today is going to be about the book, but it's a pretty short book, so I don't think we necessarily have to rush through our other stuff. Um, but we're still going to do our check-ins first uh, to give ourselves as much room as possible to talk about the book. So uh, I guess we'll start off where we always start off and talk about games. Katie, what have you been playing recently? So uh, I've been playing a decent amount of Fire Emblem. Um, yeah, it's a gigantic ass game. <laughs> and I actually got it. A friend got it for me for my birthday uh, last year. And it was just such a massive game. I was like, I don't know if I have the emotional willpower <laughs> to commit to this right now. Um, but since I'm staying indoors more than ever before, um, I've picked it up and I've been putting some good um, hours into it. I'm still, I don't think very far, which is pretty wild because I think I've been playing for like 15-ish hours or so. Um, and I don't even think I'm done with like the first act. Dang. So uh, it's a big one. But, and this is, uh, this is Three Houses on Switch? Yes, yes, yes. Three I houses. can't believe that's I've, been out so long. I know. It's kind of wild to think about it. And like I've played one other Fire Emblem game before and strategy games um, I struggle with a little bit because it's turn based. But mm. this one is also like other Fire Emblems, kind of like a dating simulator. And you can be <laughs> queer. So uh, I'm definitely am down to play any queer content games. Nice. So I'll put in the like 60 to 90 hours or whatever I need to in order to uh, to date some some queer people. So. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome uh, now is that's that's one where you have to like choose like you have to choose a house at the beginning right or at some point in the game yeah it's like the first thing you do you have to choose a house and you know like very little about each of the different houses or, or each of the different characters that are within those houses mm -hmm. so um and i tried not to like read too too much into what the different houses were what the different characters were um, because I have a tendency to like do that to myself, <laughs> uh, do way too much research before I play a game. Yeah. So I went with it and I am team golden deer, which I've been told oh. is like the easy starter one, Oh. but they're like the ragtag group. Uh, oh. mm -hmm. so I, uh, I connect with that a little I bit like more that. than the other, uh, <laughs> like fancy houses. So this game is like a completionist's nightmare. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I can't touch it. <laughs> Not at all. No. And also, since it's it. on, yeah, there's it's on Switch, so there's no trophies, Ooh, so you don't even God. have that little bit of like <laughs> achievement high yeah. um, from doing certain things. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for a giant game, that's definitely one. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There's a lot out there, but that's one of them. Oh, wow. Vicky, what are you gaming lately? So I am on the last two days of Pikmin like Ooh. original Pikmin on GameCube. Mm. Yes. So 
I have been playing it really only like the past two weeks. I think it's supposedly an eight hour game. I don't think I've put that much time oh. into it, hmm. but it's been really entertaining. I, w- there are no trophies because it's for GameCube. So I'm <laughs> impressed that it's really like kept me going mm-hmm. so much. It's, there are like, it's not a to-do list, like a, a, like a traditional game. But I am motivated to like, I have to do this so I could do this tomorrow mm-hmm. um, and kind of like set myself up or make sure I have the appropriate amount of Pikmin to like complete my um, task and get my part for my ship. So that's been really fun. I am surprised at myself a little bit because I wanted to finish the game. Like the premise is like your ship, you crash, you're an alien, um, you crash on this weird island and you get these Pikmin to help you find parts to rebuild your ship. So at first they present it like you have to get 29 parts in 29 days in order oh. to, to win, which sets me off a little bit. Like I have to, I have to do this on <laughs> <Be> it. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, so that was really motivating to me. And then once you get to like the middle of it, they kind of lessen a little bit and it's like, oh, well, you know, if you get at least 25, you'll be okay. Oh. So, yeah. And at that point, I had, like, restarted from a save a couple times to make sure that I was hitting my mark, Mm -hmm. um, which is still surprising that I haven't played eight hours into it and have done this. But Colin kind of framed it as though it's like an arcade game. So even though I'm on track to get my 29 parts in 29 days and will win, he said, you know, it's probably like you play again, see if you could do it in better time and mm. lose less Pikmin or have more mm. overall Pikmin. And that I didn't like that. I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I want to play it again then, <laughs> <laughs> which is so surprising because I'm enjoying it so much. But I yeah. just like lost my motivation when it was framed like an arcade, like no matter what, you're going to win. So you just have to best yourself. Like, oh, gotcha. well, that, I mean, it might be easy to win, but it, based on what you said, it sounds like it's not a guarantee. Like, if you didn't really do anything, you wouldn't necessarily win, right? That's true. And I know, like, again, I don't know why I'm so motivated by the completion stuff, but, like, I know I can do better. <laughs> like, there, yeah. like, I know what I'm doing now, so I could definitely get it done. But I also might want to move on. So we have our Ion Pikmin 2. We're trying to get it on eBay for GameCube. It has since gone up since the announcement of Pikmin 3. But oh. it's um, it's two-player, so we can both play. Oh, cute. Yeah. Oh, nice. so. And yeah. Uh, for our listeners at home who've never heard of Colin before. <laughs> he is a mysterious person. <laughs> Colin is my husband. Hey, Colin. Hi, yes. shout out. Yeah, and fun fact, but for another episode, we actually... Uh, met by playing games online together so oh nice yeah we could talk more about that i said that like i didn't know but i know that yeah (laughs) oh no that's so interesting both of you are very much a part of that uh (laughs) oh man doug what do you what have you been playing oh my gosh well it this at the time of recording this episode this is not a surprise but it'll it'll (laughs) seem really impressive when this releases because it'll it'll seem like i've been playing this game heavily for like four weeks or whatever um but all i've played for the past what 10 days or something is fall guys that's like literally all i've done i'm obsessed with this game as as so many people are you know i i couldn't figure out immediately what it was that kept drawing me back to it but i think i have figured it out Mm. it's just if if you're not familiar with fall guys at this point um (laughs) how dare you how dare you welcome back from underneath your rock exactly um if 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 for no other reason than it is a very mimetic game like tons of internet memes tons of sort of like cultural 
zeitgeistiness uh, surrounding Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Good for them, because that's never a guarantee for a game. But basically, it's a Battle Royale-style game like Fortnite or Apex Legends, except it's uh, it's all about mini-games. And so it's not like uh, directly take out your opponents. There's no guns or violence. It's like obstacle courses or like inflatable-style games, <laughs> and you just have to survive the longest by getting through the most games. It's really simple in concept, but it's actually really complicated and complex mm-hmm. in, in its execution, I think, because... There are certain games that are heavily affected by luck. There are certain games that are heavily affected by other players playing alongside you. There are team games and individual games. And one thing that I'm incredibly fascinated by and have sort of, I'm I'm saying it on a podcast, so it is recorded, um, (laughs) but I'm kind of committing to is I really want to write about this game and how reliant it is on bystander dynamics. And I think that one of the things that I personally am so fascinated by about this game is that certain mini games are heavily affected and I think reliant on bystander dynamics, which is how will people behave in a crowd in reaction to whatever sort of stimulus, right? Who steps forward as a leader? Who steps forward as a first follower? Who never steps forward at all? And how does the behavior of a plurality or a majority of a crowd affect the rest of the crowd? And if, you, if you've played Fall Guys, you see this on certain games mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. someone has to lead. You can't all just stand there. Or <laughs> if you've lost track of what's going on, you might follow somebody that you think knows what they're doing, but you're taking a chance because you don't know what their expertise in that moment is. So it's really fascinating. And I think all of those things in this very simple concept have balanced it out in such a way that it's really easy to be like, okay, I'm just going to play one more because that last (laughs) one was totally a fluke. Wasn't my fault. I could do better on this one. And it's just, it's, it's sort of this constant balance between like just a little bit of frustration, but like also reward a little bit of chaos, a little bit of order, a little bit of individual performance, a little bit of team performance. Like it's just so balanced, uh, in a way that I, I I am not personally familiar with with games because uh, all Battle Royale games I've played are very simply like you take out your opponent and that's not what this is. So yeah. I'm just upset. Plus there's collectible costumes and patterns <laughs> yeah. and colors, which is always a motivation. So mm-hmm. I was going to say um, that's, uh, I love when I'm able to like dress up my characters yes! in games. And so the fact that you can like earn kudos uh, mm-hmm. or crowns to like, unlock new patterns and different costumes is really motivating to me oh yeah so cute it's such a cute game and so chaotic (laughs) so i know both of you are uh a lot further along in the unlocking of the costuming Mm -hmm. uh what are your favorite outfits or uh skin so far like what's your normal well i i I do switch them a lot but as we're recording this my current sort of like uh, longest running costume and I think my current costume on the game is uh, half ninja outfit half dinosaur outfit so I'm like a lizard ninja, <laughs> ninja. and my my colors are like two different greens in sort of like a scaly pattern Ooh. to complement my lizard ninja costume cool. <laughs> it's a pretty sick looking little ninja lizard oh so. thank you <laughs> yeah. 
My current skin um, is, I keep it pretty simple right now. I'm waiting to unlock uh, like the sweatband because I really like the sweatband Mm -hmm. costume. But it's kind of a coppery, I think it might be called volcanic, but it's a coppery goldish color with black as it's like highlight. And then I just have one that's just like lines, like um, patterned lines uh-huh. so it's one of the simpler ones but but it's cool. i'm excited yeah oh, like i'm you. i'm really i feel so much regret in my soul at not buying that color combo because oh. it's so cool it yeah, kind of looks like a metallic thing aka ben Grimm from like mm-hmm. the fantastic four like yes, that's what yes, i liken yes. it to it looks yeah, very that's cool. a really good a really good uh <laughs> visual of what it looks like and not a lot of people must have bought that coppery thing or they've yeah. found other more vibrant colors because it is huh. i mean it's cool looking but it is like not like the neon pink or mm-hmm. neon green that some of the other things are so it's not as flashy um yeah. or bold but i dig it it's and we'll striking. see yeah 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 it's like <laughs> dignified you know <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah in addition to gaming, have y'all been uh, like watching or listening to anything that's been on your mind? Oh, I have listening for sure. So I, I don't know if I want to do this to you, but I will. But we all know oh. and love the Bug Snacks soundtrack. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I talk Insert about it. Insert Bug Snacks song <laughs> here. Yes, please. please. <laughs> um, that honestly might be the most hyped game for me uh for the remainder of the year i am very excited for bug snacks but in all seriousness so i was listening to the band who performs the bug snack song uh caro caro bonito um this weekend as we were driving and i love that you did this i know it's so fun because i was like you know (laughs) i like their song maybe i'll actually like like their music i don't know it's it's a little bit different for me because it's it's like poppy and it's like inspired by j-pop but also japanese and american rap so it's different for sure and it's fun and light so i had a lot of fun listening to what they've got up on spotify and kind of reading up on them it's so exciting when that happens though because that happened for me when you introduced me to little big planet i then went and listened to and still occasionally listen to the band that performs that song. Yep. And I feel like that's kind of a rare circumstance. Like I I feel like it's not I don't know, maybe I'm talking out of my butt, but I feel like it's not that frequent that the sort of like theme song for a mm-hmm. game is performed by an already existing band that you can then go back and listen to as opposed to like being composed by a composer specifically for and I I know the Bug Snacks song is Bug Snacks. Mhm. <laughs> but like I would expect more frequently a theme song to be composed by a composer mm-hmm. um, and then performed by, you know, musicians that were hired to play that composition. Um, yeah. So it's cool when you get to do something like this with Bug Snacks or with Little Big Planet and then go like be a fan of the band that did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they recorded during COVID, which was surprising to me on like mm. timeline because what uh, PlayStation State to Play mm-hmm. was like a month and a half ago and they you know, we're in quarantine and separate. So, you know, maybe three to five months they recorded that song separately. Yeah. So I know the marketing for that game is just like pure gold. (laughs) Um, They just know how to do it. So I'm super impressed and I really like that music. So that's what I've been listening to. Um, Doug, what about you? 
Well, it's funny you bring up the sort of like quarantine recording. I hadn't really thought about this um, to necessarily bring up, but it, it sparked a thought. I, um, you know, I, I went to listen to my Spotify the other day uh, mm-hmm. while I was playing Fall Guys because it's a great <laughs> game to like also listen to music or podcast to. Yeah. And even though the music is really good, that's not a dig on the Fall Guys music. It's just, you know, it's repetitive. <laughs> so um, you can mix it up. But I went and try, I, like, I listened to my Spotify like, for you this week playlist and it was all like such bizarre stuff um for a variety of reasons some of it was just like clearly i haven't been feeding into my algorithm enough on spotify so it's confused but then also it includes like new releases and it's the weirdest sort of like not meta because music is already sort of meta by being like socially conscious art like it's just inherently that way but it was it was it was really surprising to me how many songs came up on this that were new releases that were either about like literally covid or quarantine and then also like the protests around the world the Mm. protest music didn't surprise me that much because there's a long tradition of protest music Mm -hmm. but that mixed with like quarantine music and then like there were also a couple songs that were like from tv shows in 2020 it was just the most bizarre (laughs) like slice of music i have listened to in a very long time so i've been i mean i've been trying to fix my algorithm but it was so weird (laughs) how uh Um, what kind of headspace did that put you in for fall guys that seems like it'd be a weird yeah great question Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I think I was playing with somebody while I was doing all this. So I think had I not had somebody to like immediately share that with, maybe mm-hmm. it would have put me in a bizarre space. Um, but I don't think it was affecting my gameplay too much. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> but what I had what I had written down for myself for uh for this I I won't talk about this for a long time because it'll probably pop up here and there. Big Brother started recently. Oh, um, it's yes. an all-star season. They never do all-star seasons. There were night one feeds for people who have any idea what that means. Basically, if you aren't aware, Big Brother is a show where you can watch people play a game in a house 24-7. <laughs> there are literally like 100 cameras on them at all times. It's very weird. Uh, especially if you're not familiar with it, it seems very creepy. It's not as creepy as it sounds. Um, but I've been watching that because it's it's very cool to see all-stars, uh, people who've played before, kind of go at it. This is a product of COVID. This way they didn't mm-hmm. have to cast new people. They kind of mm-hmm. knew what they were getting into, and they could do all the casting virtually. But the other thing, this isn't necessarily timely, but I do want to shout it out because it's fantastic. The Harley Quinn show on DC Universe, if you have access to it, is very worth checking out. And if you don't have access to it, it's worth getting a free trial and binging. It's an incredible show. Ooh. And I can't talk it up enough. It's it's basically the premise of the show. It's a cartoon, um, but it's a cartoon for adults. So like, don't have your kids watching it. <laughs> but the premise of it is what would it be? Like, what would the aftermath of Harley Quinn breaking off a relationship with the Joker after being in an abusive relationship with the Joker be like? And what would it be like for her to find her own identity um, in the wake of that? And it's it's like a it's a surprisingly like thought provoking and very mature show, given how absurd everything is with Harley Quinn and the cast of characters that comes with it. But like the impact of that show, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like this is so well done. And it's just, it, it feels like an important show, which I never would have expected from a Harley Quinn show. So I got to throw that out there. It's it's really incredible. It has a lot of like 
really good sort of reflective moments. Um, and I just, I, I, uh, I'm very excited that it exists and I, I want people to watch it. <laughs> is it how, new? Um, yeah, I was going to ask, how long has this show been on? It is, I think it just finished its second season. Okay. I am in the middle of the second season. Uh, and so I would guess it's probably, I think it probably debuted in probably 2019. And I don't know why I said it that way. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's probably just a couple years old. Okay. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, is Poison Ivy in this one? Very much so. Poison Ivy is a is is pretty much like the second main character. Okay. Yes. Because I know in other spaces there's been um, like a relation. I think it's canon, right? A relationship between um, I believe Private so Plan and Poison Ivy, and so I believe uh, so. As someone who always is out there looking for more queer content, <laughs> uh, if there's even subtext, I'll jump on it. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like that's the one of the best things. I mean, Poison Ivy was always one of my favorites as a kid. Uh, just because it like she has plant powers, which I think yeah. is freaking cool. Evil plant powers. Evil plant powers. <laughs> um, but then, like as an adult, learning that she's also like motivated by saving the environment and also like a queer woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least in some spaces, like hell yeah, still a favorite, and even more so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a, it's a it's a really good show, and I would I would highly recommend. Cool. Nice. What about you, Katie? Well, since we all talked about music a hot second, um, lately I've been dancing around my apartment to Dua Lipa's, uh, what is it, Don't, is it Don't Stop Now, Don't Start Now? I can't remember the chorus, hmm. but you should definitely listen to it and dance around (laughs) your apartment, house, car, whatever you're feeling. It's it's got a good beat, and um, I really like it. That's pretty much all I want to say about that but outside yeah outside of music i've been watching uh the show i think it's through buzzfeed uh (laughs) it's on youtube and i'm going to continue with my food uh shows and it's called i draw you cook oh (laughs) the premise is they get two so i i don't watch a ton of BuzzFeed, so I don't know if these folks are all chefs or some of them are chefs and some of them are like people who are self-taught or whatever, but they're all people who are food preparedness inclined. They're good at like, <laughs> making things. There's got to be a better word for that. But there's two folks who are good at making food. And then they have a little kid who I think like the age range I've been seeing is between like 8 and 11. This sounds amazing, and I I don't even know what it is yet. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's going to get better. Uh, So come in and talk about, like, what they think a specific being would eat. So what would a Yeti eat? What would a dragon eat? What would a robot eat? What would a fairy eat? And then these kids just make up some random shit. That is most of the time related, but sometimes just like, (laughs) where did you get that from? And then they get a pad of paper so they're not only describing what it is but then they're drawing what it is so then the chefs um have to recreate this meal and then the kid eats both of them and then declares a winner and then the winner gets a framed drawing um of the like little kid's drawing this sounds incredible yeah (laughs) Aww. It's really good. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty lighthearted. And it's super creative, uh, both in like, I don't know, 
just seeing what kids come up with and yeah. uh, the challenges they come up with. Because in addition, usually to asking what does, you know, a Yeti eat, they'll be like, well, what kind of foods do you like? Yeah. And like, it, it's always like a, a gamble sometimes with the kids because sometimes kids say stuff that they like don't actually yeah. like yeah uh, like this one kid was like i like loves i like love sushi oh, <laughs> and sure like this do. this yeti or whatever would eat sushi but whenever i want sushi my mom and dad tell me no because i'm gonna waste it oh. so oh that's, uh, that's why they like sushi because yeah. they're not supposed to have it <laughs> yeah so then one person was like cool i'm gonna make sushi for this kid and the other person's like sushi is like not a guaranteed thing this kid is gonna like yeah mm-hmm. And then when they brought out the plates, the kid was like, oh, I've never had sushi before. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like so many awesome elements uh, and so many cool and creative things. Uh, And they're not very long episodes. It's all on YouTube. So if you just like, you know, Google that or put it into YouTube, you should be able to find some episodes and then pick your favorite mythical creature (laughs) and uh, watch the video about it. That's so cool. Lego Masters did an episode where like, they brought in kids to finish a storybook and then each team had to finish like a chapter of the story as affected by these kids ideas it's such a good concept like Mm -hmm. that's such a good good premise for for a competition i think Mm -hmm. it's so much fun it is a lot of fun (laughs) nice well is there anything else anybody's been thinking about or uh or engaging with (laughs) that sounds so heavy (laughs) i'm just ready for this book yeah i'm excited to talk about it Cool. Let's do it. Talk about murder. Yeah, a little, little bit of, a lot of bit of murder. <laughs> My actually. favorite yeah, thing. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, we uh, we read My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyenkin Braithwaite, and Vicky, you chose this book. I did. So, I guess tell us how you came across this book, how you chose this book, like what what drew you to it. Well, first, I love murder things, um, <laughs> which sounds awful, but I tend, I have a tendency to like gravitate towards like murder shows on TV, mm-hmm. so like How to Get Away with Murders, all the CSI stuff, and I have just seen this book everywhere on my Libby. It keeps popping up. It popped up especially <laughs> on some um, books to read. Uh, when the support Black-owned bookstores and Black mm-hmm. authors was circulating. So it popped up there a couple times. So I've seen it forever. So it was really good to kind of prioritize reading it and reading it with friends. It's a cool cover. It's cool. I'm so glad you picked it because it's a cover I recognized. And I recognize mm-hmm. the name too because it's hard to forget. <laughs> but it was it was relatively popular, I think, when I worked at a library. It came up a lot. And I kept telling myself like, oh, you got to remember to pick that up. Mm-hmm. So I'm, gl- I'm so glad you picked it because it was one that I was meaning to read and just never got around to. Very different than what I expected mm-hmm. because I hadn't mm-hmm. read like the, the – the description or anything like I was purely drawn in by the cover and the title mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was I was pretty surprised by what it actually was we we kind of decided we would always do this so let's let's give this a whirl again mm-hmm. how would I guess Katie how would you describe this book to someone who's never heard of it yeah so my first two words that come to mind are just murder sisters yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I guess if I were to give it a sentence, uh, it would just be a slightly longer version of that. So uh, <laughs> a pair a pair of siblings, sisters, who end up killing and <laughs> hiding the bodies <laughs> of multiple men. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, you could get like fancier with it, right? But um, I'll leave it there because I, mean, <laughs> I want to hear what you all, how you all add to this. So let's go Vicky next. So, and I, we will talk more about it, but my, my interpretation of the book changed from when I first finished it and when I was reading it and first finished it to like last night as I was falling asleep Ooh. and processing. Mm. Yeah. So I, to describe it, how I originally interpreted it was a caring older sister has to make tough decisions looking out uh, for her family and happens to know a lot of information about murders along the way. yeah i think my i think if if i had to describe it to somebody i would describe it with a question which is like what would you do if you found out your younger sibling was a serial killer and you felt compelled to take care of them also Mm -hmm. like that's kind of kind of where it where it sort of kicks off um and you know we mentioned it's a short book so the premise is really the premise is, is sort of straightforward, I think, um, mm-hmm. but it certainly goes in places I wasn't expecting. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess overall, did we enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it, especially when I realized, like, I didn't, like, get myself. I wasn't confused, but I was like, oh, that's what actually happened. Like, that's who she actually was. Um, <laughs> so it had, like, layers of, like, oh, I really enjoyed this. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I didn't think of that before. So it was I, – I really liked it. What about you, Katie? Uh, I dug it. I feel like I'm still processing it. Yeah. And I feel like this conversation <laughs> will help me process it because sure. I do have, like, a lot of – not conflicting, but – um, different ideas that have some tension between them about mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. like thoughts on the characters and where I can kind of land on where they stand. Um, but just as a reminder to people listening in, uh, we will probably spoil things. Oh, uh, yeah. So if you want to read this without any knowledge besides like murder sisters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would suggest pausing and going reading it and uh, then coming back to us because we'll probably start spoiling some stuff mm-hmm. pretty soon. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'll I, say right off the bat, despite this being about murder sisters and, <laughs> you know, a character like straightforwardly being a serial killer, it's it wasn't as violent a book as I expected. No. Um, mm-hmm. So that I think is something to note. It also wasn't funny, which I kind of thought it was going to be because the title was so blunt. And so I was kind of expecting a funnier book. And I'm I'm fine with it not being funny because it ended up still being really good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always a it's always a hard balance to write a sort of dark comedy. So I'm glad that it just kind of wasn't that and was just telling the story that it was telling, which is one unlike ones i've read before so mm-hmm. it was still still i was still happy with that but also kind of happy that it wasn't super duper violent uh because it wasn't the headspace i was ready for anyway yeah certainly violence of course but not like gratuitously so i don't think yeah. uh i don't know if you guys felt the same way but i was i didn't think it was super graphic <laughs> well so it was um described as a satirical slasher so I I did expect way more gore and uh-huh. more I'm gonna say funny um, and I hate comparing it to other books but when we read Severance 
um, which mm-hmm. was also a satirical book, like there were moments where like I stopped and like laughed out loud at some of the way <laughs> things were, were written. And I didn't have that experience with this book. And I'm not disappointed because yeah. it's it's different. Um, but I did expect it to be a little bit more um, tongue in cheek, maybe. Um, yeah, there's some good nuggets in there, but definitely not as not as much to either extent that I thought. Well, it's weird because I think you could look at the premise and say like, oh, this might be sort of like abs- like absurdist in a way yeah. or um, like kind of uh, like silly in the way you would imagine it. But I also think it's written in such a way that it's incredibly believable. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. this idea mm-hmm. there. So basically, like I, I, if you couldn't quite gather from our short descriptions, basically <laughs> the book starts off very, very quickly in that the main character, um, who is uh, Corday, uh, f- is helping her younger sister, uh, Iola, uh, dispose of a body of a man that Iola killed uh, that she was dating for, I think, like a month. Yeah. And then you find out very quickly that this is the third time mm-hmm. Corday has helped her sister dispose of a body that uh, dispose of the body of a person that Iola was dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you pick up very quickly on like, oh, sh- oh shit, like that's what's happening here. Um, and it it's... It's, I I think the way it's written is like really believable. Like, I yeah. think you could you could sort of understand, not agree with or condone, but like understand the sort of pressure and tension that Corday is feeling, um, and this this really kind of shitty situation that she's been put in by her younger sister, who's killing people and then asking Corday to help her figure it out. Mm-hmm. Especially because this book makes it pretty clear that like family is a huge, huge deal. And there's like a lot of sort of both internal obligation and sort of external societal obligation to her family members in a way that I don't think necessarily exists everywhere or for every family. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I don't know. It was like weird to sort of be like, yeah, I kind of get why you're helping, but I kind of wish you wouldn't. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much my thought from the first page to the last page Um, (laughs) i get it but i wish you wouldn't (laughs) yeah and like i don't know it got me thinking about like kind of unconditional love and if my siblings were to like murder multiple people (laughs) (laughs) would i be able to not like be like stop killing people um or like because she doesn't Karede doesn't ever explicitly or firmly or strongly, from my memory, tell Ayula quit it. Uh, yeah. She like hints and like mm-hmm. questions, but she's never like, "You've murdered three people." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe do you see the pattern here? Like, well, even when she's she's realizing like, oh, three makes a serial killer. Like, she doesn't articulate that out loud. She's like, oh, I wonder if she knows. No, because because what what we learn is that Corday, who is a a nurse um, in a hospital, her only confidant is a man in a coma, is one of her patients who's in a coma. And so when when she has this realization or when she looks up like what the actual definition of a serial killer is, she doesn't bring that to Iola. She doesn't bring it to any other family members or authority figures. She brings it up to nobody. She only brings it up to this man in a coma who she figures is like the safest person to confide in because Mm -hmm. as she figures, like what could the consequence possibly be, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Like she's obviously exhausted by her sister and she's disappointed in her sister, but yeah, she never 
it's not even just that she doesn't report her sister. It never feels like she says like, stop doing this. Yeah. Like I think I'm sure she does at some point, but it never feels very strong. Yeah. And <laughs> I think like there was even a moment where, uh, cause like it clearly is weighing on her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was, I remember a moment where she was like, oh, maybe I should see a therapist. Uh, and oh, then she's yeah. like, well, I can't tell her that yeah. my sister is murdering people because then they'd have to, like, report this. Right. But I still got other shit I could, like, talk about. So, but then she never does that um, or, like, moves forward with that. So that, yeah, that man in the coma um, <laughs> who literally, like, can't give any feedback uh-huh. while he's still in that coma. I don't know. I wonder if that was, like, a conscious choice because jumping ahead when he wakes up and he's like oh you gotta stop this you know what's right stop it right like Uh don't enable this to keep going on she doesn't she doesn't stop and so i wonder if she specifically sought out that man in the coma because not only was it safe but it was the easy she wasn't going to get any pushback for Mm -hmm. her kind of continuing to take care of and enable her her sister to murder people you know it's like the easy yeah, if I talk to my pillow, my pillow's not going to talk back. Right. So I'm going to talk to my pillow because I don't want to hear feedback that's going to challenge me to make decisions that I don't want to make. Or I don't feel comfortable making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a, a, a zero risk uh, mm-hmm. confession, I guess. Now, since you brought it up, I don't know <laughs> if this was meant to be very clear, but I, the moment I found out she was talking to a person in a coma, <laughs> I was like, that person's waking up. Yeah. And that person is going to remember everything she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very convinced from the moment I found out. So I felt very like full of myself when it actually happened. I was like, I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I figured it was coming, but I did not expect his reaction to be so level-headed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't even know, you know, you know, like I can understand where Corrida is coming from with not wanting to like get her sister in trouble, but somebody in a coma, like, if I knew that and I woke up, I probably wouldn't say like, oh, yeah, I know what you told me because now I'm afraid that I'm going to get murdered. So yeah, I don't think I would say no, anything like, to her. Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't know what I would do, but I'd certainly not like, oh, I want to hear your sweet voice because you woke me up. And oh, by the way. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, so that was that part was surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a man and you like woke up. And you heard throughout your time in a coma how the sister oh, yeah. was murdering men. Yeah. Yeah. And then you like, wait, like, you know what would be a good idea? Let me like hang this over the sister that cleans up the murders because yeah. she, mm-hmm. she won't murder me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So speaking of uh, like seeing things or calling things in advance, whenever um, Kuride was talking about oh the name of the doctor who she had the hots for. Kid. Tade, yes. Um, oh, yeah. I knew it. I knew that uh, somehow Tade and Ayula would end up together and Ayula would fucking kill him. <laughs> I I don't know why I didn't see that didn't coming. Because it, it, it should have been really clear. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I didn't expect for the doctor to necessarily reciprocate feelings because I feel like the way that Corday was being written was as sort of like, a pretty non-assertive figure in like a number of ways Mm -hmm. um, outside of like very particular instances. Um, And we saw that like 
that that was like affected by other things. So, I mean, we sort of after the fact, like when she became head nurse, she like gained a little bit of assert like assertiveness, but mm-hmm. also like the pressure of the circumstances was also feeding into that. So I wasn't expecting it to be re- reciprocated. Um, but for some reason I was not expecting Ayola to just like show up and be like, Oh, Hey. And for the doctor to be like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> I was disappointed in that because we know that, you know, um, Iola likes the boys that are going to like fawn over her and stuff. And she had said like, yeah. Oh, Tate is only, he's a looks kind of guy. And I, I, you know, I got the sensitive and caring vibe from him prior to when they started dating. So that was, it was disappointing to read him like that. I think that's like the point. Yeah. That's like the, one of the themes of the book is that um, in a lot of ways, women are valued only based on their beauty. Mm -hmm. And so you can have this connection that's meaningful or you can do these nice things and have like good conversation. But, you know, if somebody walks in and they're a 10 out of 10, um, (laughs) a guy, and it's not even just younger guys. I was just going to say like a younger guy um, is just going to like go for it, you know, um, because that's like seen as like a status. But Iul even has that like older, uh, guy who's married with kid i think with kids yep. down for it so i think i think like a lot of the message specifically in this one was that like a lot of men have been trained to just see mm. beauty as like what's worthy of going after and standard beauty right mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. i think they said that like Corita is not like she's not like a terrible looking person she's not a monster no. like she's just not traditionally sexy like Ayula is and so like men can suck (laughs) and (laughs) what disappointed me about that though was Ayula kind of sucked because she she knew that like Kuride was like into Tade she picked Um, it up right away she was like what do you love him or something yeah you you were asking that because you know that she does yeah (laughs) Uh, and so like I get she was trying to like prove a point but like at the point of like hurting your sister like i don't know that made me at first i was like oh interesting someone who murders men let's see where this goes uh i'm not totally against it right now actually i'm not actually for murder people we're not for murder Um, but within this universe right because of how like things have been set up but um like when she was also not caring about her sister's feelings then i was like well she's She's probably not doing it because originally they set it up that she's doing she's murdering people in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or that's what she says. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, OK, I can see multiple men um, like aiming to abuse her in multiple ways because patriarchy and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity and all that horrible stuff. That was like that's sort of what I think hooked me initially because I was like, OK, this is. This is going to be interesting. Like, it's a book about a serial killer, and the serial killer is the protagonist's sister. And so, obviously, there's going to either be uh, – it's going to be one of two things, right? The sister is is going to be obviously, like, an antagonist or opponent to our protagonist, or it, they're going to try to endear you in some way to the situation mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I thought going in. It's not, it's not really either one of those, so I was just wrong. But um, – but, but I thought it was going to be the endearing because the way that Iola initially presents it is all of these men are scum and they've, mm-hmm. they've all advanced on me in ways that I 
wasn't okay with and they all attacked me first and so I killed them and so you're kind of like okay all right I see where this is going and like you're almost a vigilante type like it's extreme I don't know if I would entirely condone the method but like that's kind of what I thought was happening but then you sort of pick up on pretty quickly if only because our protagonist is the one that sort of presents it this way that like we're supposed to be suspicious of those explanations Mm -hmm. And then it, then I was just sort of like, man, I'm really, really curious as to where this is going to end up going. And I think what's strange is like by the end of the book, it's very clear, I think, that as readers, we are supposed to condemn Oyola. Like, she's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't know enough about all the people she's killed. So there's some room there, mm-hmm. right? And we never get f- total answers on any of them. We're never present through our protagonist for mm-hmm. any of the, the actual acts even the one that eventually ends up being carried out against Iola Mm -hmm. but what's what's interesting is like you end up I think by the end of the book being like wait so is Corday good or bad like I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know like you you took us on the journey of being like okay Iola is bad like we are probably not supposed to root for her even if we're sort of like eh we get it but Corday, I really was not expecting. I was mm-hmm. I was really surprised by where it went because what I thought was going to happen was, okay, it's going to reach sort of a, a climax where she realizes like I can't do this anymore and I have to I have to be the opponent to my sister. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that's not how it went it, to a degree because then it doesn't end up being another story of just like sisters pitted against each other. But it ends up being sort of subversive because it doesn't do that. It subverts that in favor of you kind of being like, wait, is our protagonist not a good person? (laughs) It's sort of weird. Like it's kind of brilliant in a way because it ends up being subversive kind of twice. And in a way that sort of, at least for me, left me a little confused, not about what happened, but about how to feel. (laughs) That is exactly what happened to me. So I read it and was like, oh, I was hoping like, better for Karide that she was going to speak up like and then maybe you know with Mutar she could have like a relationship with him you know friends or whatever you know post coma Mm -hmm. and I was like okay but you know how to end that was good wrapped it up and then about an hour later I was like oh and I remembered (laughs) um way back when when we when we read The Remains of the Day uh Katie in my favorite book um (laughs) and Doug she talked about the unreliable narrator and I I didn't get it I didn't pick it up at the time because I that's like mm-hmm. not how I was reading. Um, I was reading for story, not for like, I, I don't know. I inherently trust my narrator. Uh, yeah. So then I was thinking, oh my God, she's not good. She was never good. She was, in it. <laughs> she is a murder sister. And I'm trying to like <laughs> redeem her because, I, you know, like that's, so I, it like, yeah, like hit me twice, you know, it like caught me in the moment, but I was glad, you know, I realized like, oh no, that's not, maybe not what's happening. But I think that's what makes this well-crafted because Mm -hmm. even now after the fact being like, I don't think she's good. I don't think she's good. I still can be like, but I get why she did everything she did. Mm -hmm. I understand why she did everything she did. And I do think that the author does such a good job establishing the circumstances under which she's doing all these things that you're like, I really don't think you should be doing these things, but I totally understand why you are. Yeah. And that to me is what leaves me just like, oh, what do I do with this? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, one of the things that I appreciated was how they like kind of set up or explained in a short period of time, because it is yeah. like a pretty short book, yeah. 
the kind of history of their relationship mm-hmm. and how their mother has kind of yeah. influenced it. And so, like, since the get-go, Kuride has been kind of the caretaker and protector of her sister. And her mother has, like, their mother has enforced that from the beginning. And so mm-hmm. whenever Ayula did something, um, it was, Kurida, why didn't you help your sister learn this or not do this or try something else? And so I feel like it explained kind of the, the familial pressure um, yeah. that has been applied onto Kurida from, like, birth, you know, as soon as Ayula was born and she was, like, that older sister. So I appreciated that about it, but I was still like, even as we're talking about it, like, oh, she's not a good person, but I'm like still trying to like (laughs) be like, well, maybe she's still conflicted, you know, and maybe. (laughs) But it's because there's different metrics presented in the book, right? Like even Mm -hmm. the doctor, was it the doctor? I think it was the doctor who was like, aren't you supposed to be looking out for your sister? Isn't that supposed to be the, isn't that supposed to be the number one thing? And like, I don't, I ultimately don't like the doctor, but you it sort of it it puts into words something that to that point we'd only been feeling um which is that i uh Corday does have this pressure to constantly be looking out for Iola and like that is not just her own pressure she's putting on herself and not just a familial pressure it sounds like it's a yeah. societal pressure mm-hmm. and i admittedly like I'm not super familiar with like what the cultural differences between the United States and Nigeria are, but I'm very, very willing to buy into any cult, like not buy into, but like buy that any culture is more communal or Hmm. less individualistic or more collective than the United States, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's (laughs) very easy to be like, well, yeah, obviously it's more collectivist than the United States. So like, while I don't necessarily personally get those same pressures being raised in the United States, or at least the region of the United States I was raised in, I get that like, that's, that's, that's the the justification that's given to us on the page as for like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, you, you don't feel good about what she's doing. You disagree with what she's doing. What she's doing is probably objectively bad, but also society is telling her that above every single thing else, she is supposed to back up and support her younger sister. Yeah. No matter what. So you're like, you're constantly like, but she's shitty to you. She's terrible. She's bad to everyone. Just report her. You'll feel good. You know that like society still would probably be like, I can't believe she turned in her own sister. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of wild. And I think it's just, it ends up being really well crafted. We've mentioned that it's a really short book. I listened to it and it was like maybe four hours. And I listened to it I, I never listened to anything on one speed, so I, it took me only, like, maybe three and some change, mm-hmm. like, to listen to. So I would recommend it if you're even just, like, intrigued because it's a very short investment. But I'm actually glad it's really short because it ends up being sort of simple in a complicated way. I think if it had lasted longer or if they kept introducing more things, mm-hmm. some of what we're conflicted about would either clarify or get too muddy mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to still be sort of, like, invested in you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's so short and simple and to the point that it's i'm i'm gonna be thinking about this for a long time about like do i agree with corday or not yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like i can see like in three weeks me just like randomly being like she should have turned him in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or turned her in you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i just uh yeah it's 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 sort of beautifully compact <laughs> 
So is there anything else that we haven't chatted about that really stuck out to you or anything that you wanted to point out about this one before we uh, <laughs> before we wrap up? I just, I want to read my favorite line from the book. Yes. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, very short and sweet. This is one where I found like a lot of humor in. Uh, the resemblance is there. We share the same mouth, the same eyes, but Iola looks like a Bratz doll and I resemble a voodoo figurine. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's. I'm glad you pointed that out, though, because like, like Katie said, I don't think we're ever meant to believe that Cordy is like hideous. No. Just that Iola is so stunningly gorgeous mm-hmm. by like traditional standards mm-hmm. that she just feels ugly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody was saying she was ugly or treating her like she was, you know, ugly until they saw Iola, yeah. mm-hmm. and then she became sort of totally invisible to everyone. Yeah. But I do love the Bratz the Bratz yeah. comparison. This book has a ton of like very unabashedly contemporary references. Mm-hmm. Like I think they mentioned YouTube. Yeah. Um, and they have plenty of like internet and like smart device type references. Like I it's kind of just unabashedly from this decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm 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 into. I used to not like yeah. that sort of thing, but it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. It like helped me contextualize what was going on. So like with the Instagram mm-hmm. and the Snapchatting. And the, oh, you, you should really wait oh my some gosh. time before you post, like, oh a gosh. fun picture. Were you not getting hilarious. so frustrated? Yeah. <laughs> I was getting so mad. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's doing this so poorly. Because <laughs> at that point, I was still rooting for Corday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, you're never going to pull this off if she keeps <laughs> posting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part, like, the just the, the way that I will, uh, I mean, I think... We could like safely say she's like a sociopath. Yeah. No I real, think that's like, very emotional fair. connections, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it just like cracked me up that like she was like trying to post these like fun pictures or here I am hashtag cooking and yeah. with sis <laughs> like uh, days after yeah. uh, like she murdered uh, her ex. Um, I thought I thought that was like pretty funny. Yeah. I love the very brief conversation or exchange where where she was like, oh, my gosh, well, how long do I have to yeah. wait? And Corday was like, I don't know, like a year? And I was like, oh. Yeah. And it's so funny. It felt like I know that person, though. You know? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. gosh. I can think of a few. Yeah. 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 This way, the way social media was in this was really, yeah. I think, smart and very smart. funny. Um, the one thing that I uh, want to – just mention, I guess, was I thought it was so interesting that um, they kind of attribute Karide's um, knowledge about cleaning to her working in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, didn't expect her to be a nurse in a hospital. I thought her to be thought she would be some sort yeah. of like cleaning person. Mm, I thought so the it same was, thing. Yeah. So it was really interesting that like this nurse who was there to like save people give people medical care to like help them get better mm-hmm. is moonlighting <laughs> as like a murder cleaner lover. Uh, yeah. and so just that like juxtaposition of somebody who publicly you know is a caretaker and i guess privately is too but just taking care of murder sites mm-hmm. instead of people yeah. um yeah so i thought that was a a really interesting thing because I didn't I did not expect her to be a nurse um, based on her knowledge of cleaning and admittedly I am not a nurse so I'm sure they do a lot of 
gross cleanup jobs. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, that was an unexpected thing. Yeah. What a what a wild book. Yeah. How about you, Doug? Any last things you want to mention? Mm, I The only thing that I will mention, just because we didn't mention it, but I do think it helps color a little bit of the sort of realization that maybe Corday isn't our hero necessarily, mm-hmm. even though she is certainly the better sister, <laughs> is the fact that we end up learning that it was, wasn't it like Corday's idea to kill their father? Yeah. Like, isn't that sort of where mm-hmm. you, you could argue that where this all sort of kicks off? And I oh, do think that's an interesting off, detail. Yeah. I think, I think it, it's funny because it's, it's almost, it's almost negligible. You could, you could kind of forget kind of like we did, to even like mention it over the course of the story. But I do mm-hmm. think it's an interesting detail that as the two sisters were kids, they recognized, you know, we have an abusive father who's an abusive husband and we could solve this by killing him, you know, mm-hmm. and make everybody's lives better. And then fast forward and, you know, the sister is is killing people and using that same justification, whether it's true or not. And I think we're meant to believe it's not true. But it just kind of weaves things in a more complicated way than than they even just already were. So, yeah, uh, that's I, a really I good. think that's an interesting little complicating detail that I appreciated. <laughs> yeah, and with the father, it's like super clear that oh, he's yeah. an asshole. So yeah, uh, that one. Yeah, we can. To- we can. Root I totally for that. understood that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if we wouldn't handle it the same way necessarily, right, right. we're not going to we murder people. Yeah. yeah, we're not. <laughs> We don't condone murder. We right. never yeah. murdered anybody. No. <laughs> uh, but within the context of this book, you know, right. sometimes it's fun to root for things you would never root for in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I overall really like this one. Same. That's uh, that's good because uh, for the podcast, we're we're two for two. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't been the case for our entire history of book no. club. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that so far we've got a, a fully winning record. Yeah. <laughs> So I would recommend this. It sounds like both of you would as well. Yep, for sure. Definitely. Cool. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can shoot us an email at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com and keep an eye out for us on social media. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. excited to talk about it with both of you and there's a train (laughs) oh gosh i thought that was me (laughs) (laughs) it'll probably beep a couple more times oh i can't hear it it does or what do you what is it called not a beep uh dang it's a horn no a whistle no yeah 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 it's a whistle i think it's a whistle yeah well the train whistle is whistling Rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming whenever whenever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> that too. Every, every time you turn a podcast. Every single time that you do it. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me start over.